When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 3rd of February of 2024, and we'll be discussing an article titled Complications Following Mitroclip Implantation, published in Current Cardiology Reports. As always, these are not medical advice on how to treat critically ill patients. Read the data for yourself. Hat tip to the author. You click the link in the show notes to go download the paper for yourself. I'd like to personally thank everybody who has purchased a copy of my recent book, The Vasopressor and Inotrope Handbook. Ways to obtain your own copy are down in the show notes below. In today's episode, we delve into the complexities and advancements surrounding the mitroclip system, which is a transcatheter technique designed to treat mitral regurgitation, which is a leading cause of heart valve disease. This might be a little bit esoteric, but Given that I run a cardiac and cardiothoracic ICU, I feel it is necessary to educate myself on the procedures that my fantastic interventional cardiology colleagues are currently undergoing so that if something goes wrong during the procedure or if I'm just watching them in the ICU overnight, I know what to expect and therefore could educate my nursing staff and other colleagues as to what could go wrong and what to do about it. As mentioned before, mitral regurgitation represents a significant challenge for our patients linked to high morbidity and mortality. This is where the mitroclip system, which I have no affiliation with, is a much less invasive option. And per these data, over 100,000 devices have been implanted globally. Now, it's currently on its fourth generation, at least per these data, and has continuously improved with regards to safety and efficacy with reducing complication rates, as well as accommodating for more complex lesions. That being said, we have to be prepared for when things are not all sunshine and roses, as the saying goes, because complications associated with the procedures, even though we're getting better at this, could lead to significant increases in morbidity and mortality. Now, these data state that the most common complications include bleeding, acute kidney failure, procedure-induced mitral stenosis, and an iatrogenic atrial septal defect. The fourth generation of this device, which was launched with with novel technical features, further decreases these complications and overall enhances patient outcomes. Figure 2 in the article discusses all the different complications that we should expect, which I'm going to go ahead and list them. However, you should read these data for yourself. We could break these down into either procedure-related or device-related. We'll start off with device-related because it's shorter. Under the device-related complications, there are functional complications, including a lack of improvement in the patient's mitral regurgitation or mitral stenosis. I mean, the worst thing you could do is try to fix the regurgitation and then cause stenosis. That's, that wouldn't be cool. From a structural standpoint, and this is something that our operators are 
our interventional cardiology or structural heart cardiology colleagues who actually do these procedures need to be aware of include leaflet perforation, tears of the leaflet, cordae rupture, as well as clip embolization. From a procedure-related standpoint, complications that we should watch for include starting off at the access site because they have to end up putting a catheter in the patient's vasculature, which could create a dissection in the vasculature, stenosis. They could create a thrombosis either in the arterial or venous system. They could do perforation, ruptures. They could accidentally create a AV fistula, a pseudoaneurysm, or a hematoma. Within the heart itself, they could create either atrial or ventricular perforation, an iatrogenic atrial septal defect, Pericardial effusions could be seen in these patients, so I have a low threshold whenever they become unstable to just put a probe on the patient's heart. This could lead to a tamponade-type physiology. From a bleeding standpoint, on the access site, you need to actually make sure there's not a big hematoma. There could be reports of, even though I've never seen these, GI bleeds or urinary tract bleeds. There could be the pericardial effusion, which I've already mentioned, as well as bleeding from the cannulation sites. Now, one of the things that's described here as a procedure-related complication that I have thankfully never seen is somebody who develops an MI or a stroke secondary to this procedure. Nor have I seen an infectious complication like endocarditis from this. Acute kidney injury is something that's also described from this procedure, even though I haven't seen it. Now, what I will keep an eye on a little bit further is new-onset atrial fibrillation as a possible complication from this actual procedure. Older data states that this could take place in approximately 12% of patients. However, more, more recent data states that this is about 2.4%. So with improving techniques, I guess we're getting better at this. The article does break down all these different complications in further detail. Now, the journey of this mitral clip over the four generations exemplifies how this innovation has improved patient care as to where patients used to require open-heart surgery to manage their mitral regurge. However, this is no longer necessary. You know, some people still need it. However, this, this device is very helpful. It pushes the boundaries of sorts of what we could do and also decreases morbidity and mortality. As these patients keep on rolling into our ICUs, we need to be vigilant as to what the complications are, and hopefully this is a good start. This is a good paper to keep in your file of sorts as to what we should watch out for and possibly be distributed to the staff that does take care of patients who are having mitroclips performed. Heck, it might even be useful to hand these out to the patients themselves, even though chances are this will scare the pants off of everybody. Nonetheless, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Thanks for your support. Let me know what you think in the comment section below. And in the show notes, you can download the actual article itself and links to my books and things of that nature. Hope you have a great day, guys. Bye.